Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios Presents Stories. Today, I'm talking with my good friend, Michelle Markham, who is an ASD coach who deals more in relationships. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and let's learn more about her. See you there. And the mama start. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside Asperger Studios Presents Stories. Today on the show, I'm joined with my good friend Michelle Markham. Welcome to the Michelle. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Always a pleasure. Well, I always like to ask everyone on the hot seat. So tell me about yourself. Yeah, I am a late diagnosed. Um, autistic. I didn't find out until I was 27. I found out in college. And I'm also a neurodivergent relationship-based coach. So I help people to love and accept themselves, figure out their strengths and support their weaknesses and really cultivate strong relationships and a life of meaning and purpose. All right. So where did you grow up? I grew up um, in Southern California. I'm born and raised. I was born in Los Angeles and spent the first half of my life there and then moved to Orange County where I live. All right. So what motivates you, inspires you, and drives you? What motivates me, inspires, and drives me is my family. I, I'm a mother. I have a toddler. And um, I'm married to a wonderful man, and I'm always motivated and inspired to show up as my best self um, in order to support and love them and give them everything that I can and to help right. other people. All right. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, that's a hard one. Um. The best compliment I've ever received. Um, I think probably that I am tenacious and I don't, when I set my mind to something, I will accomplish it. There's nothing that can stop me. And I had someone recognize that in me before. I've had it happen a few times, but the first time it was recognized, I think, um, was really meaningful to me because I've been told so many times in my life that I can't do things. You know, I was told that I could not go to college. I was told that I could not graduate college. I was told that, you know, I couldn't have the career that I have. And here we are. So. Well, that kind of reminds me of the story I was once told. I was going through doors at the time and I had a counselor literally sit down with me and my mom and say, you won't be able to achieve a four-year college, only a two-year. I left with a taste of disgust in my mouth. I looked to my mom and my mom was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to email her supervisor and just tell her I was appalled. I emailed her supervisor and I got a brand new one because how dare anyone tell us what we can and cannot do? We are human beings first. 
we have feelings just like everybody else. We just think and, and operate differently than everyone. Exactly. And I personally believe that setting limitations for people is problematic because when you set a limitation, you're telling this person that they are only capable of reaching that limitation and then they're blocked. And that is not true. It's hard to say what someone's capability is. And I think there may be a certain amount of prejudice that goes into it for certain people or liability if we're talking about clinicians that they don't want to give um, you know, a, more, a stronger prognosis or better outcomes or whatever because they don't want to be sued. But I really think that it's a big problem to tell people what they can and cannot do and to tell autistic people what they can and cannot do um, because it's not, there's no basis in anything. Like you and I can both say, we were both told we were not going to be able to go to four-year colleges. Um, we were both told we would have to go to trade school and that would be it for us. And that's not what we've done. So I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, autism, Asperger's, all of that, it's its a spectrum, first of all. And second of all, it's, it's a neurodevelopmental condition. So we hit milestones, but we hit them at different times than other people. So just because we aren't falling on that standard timeline of, you know, going to college at 18 and graduating at 21, doesn't mean that we won't be able to do it at some point in our lives. So maybe just kind of throwing the timeline out the window would be helpful and just allowing us to, to grow and blossom and, and reach our milestones and our goals in our own time. All right. What is the big, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? Oh gosh, my biggest failure. Um, that is a tricky question. I have had so many failures. I think when we see successful people, we think, oh, well, it's easy for that person. They've got it figured out. They're a success. But the reality is that everybody who's become successful at anything has failed hundreds of times, at least at that specific thing. Um, gosh, I don't even know how to answer that. There's been so many. Okay, we'll move on to the next. Tell me about three influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Um, there's been so many influential people in my life. My parents, of course, um, were a huge influence. My mom has always been an incredible advocate and warrior and super mom for me. She has believed in me for my entire life. And she always set the bar, you know, just, she, <laughs> she's the one that told me the saying, shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And that's her belief in her mindset is to believe that your child is capable of anything and let them 
follow their passions and grow that way. So my parents, I would say, have been huge influences on me. Um, and uh, someone that I follow is Gabby Bernstein. She's a spiritual coach. And she's also been um, a big influence on my life, just on positive mindset and, you know, overcoming um, addictions and things like that. And, you know, I think that's a really big challenge that we don't talk about very much in the neurodivergent community is that addiction is a common comorbidity for us, especially in our younger years and for some people throughout their lives. Um you know, using substances to function can be, um, can be something that a lot of autistic or neurodivergent or uh, people, Asperger's people um, do and use. All right. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? makes me feel inspired um being outdoors I love nature so anytime that I can spend time at the beach or out in nature hiking or camping or just being at the park I just find the I just find amazement in nature I mean it's so beautiful and whenever you see natural places for me I think like how could someone create such a beautiful thing wherever it is that I'm looking at um and it just fills me with awe and hope and that inspires me and um I think also I'm inspired by seeing my clients um overcome their challenges and watching them you know break through these barriers or mindset blocks or whatever it is that they're working on and get to the next level. And then I find that so inspiring. It's part of why I love what I do. All right. Fill in this sentence. I'm at my best when? I'm at my best when I am serving my clients. When I'm helping people, you know, figure out their own strength and power and helping them to feel empowered and in control and find their purpose. Okay. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her about where you are now in life? I would tell her that it's going to get a lot easier. And one day the pain won't be so raw that you will find a sense of belonging. You will find a community. You will create it. And you will have people who love you and surround you with that love. And it'll all be worth it. All the pain and all the heartache will be worth it. All right. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? A billboard with anything on it. Um, 
I think it would be for my coaching company, which is um, ND Coach Inc., which stands for Neurodivergent Coach Incorporated. And I think it would have images of people having relationships, you know, just people laughing and smiling with each other, connecting, um, because that's what it's all about is, you know, helping people create and cultivate the relationships that are so meaningful in life because life is all about relationship. All right. What do you think the world will look like in five years from now? Oh my gosh. This worries me a little bit um, with climate change, but uh, hopefully let, let's put a, a, a neurodivergent spin on it. And let's say that hopefully within our community, within the neurodivergent autistic Asperger's community, we will be more empowered. We'll have a stronger voice and it won't just be within our community. It'll be across communities, across the United States, worldwide. And there will be more inclusive inclusion and more acceptance, not just awareness, but acceptance and better communication from the neurotypicals, better listening, better understanding. I really hope in five years from now, we are somewhere closer to what Australia is with um, autism. I mean, that would yeah. be the dream, really. Yeah, right. absolutely. What is your favorite subject in school? Um, psychology. Psychology is always a passion of mine. I still love it. I still read peer-reviewed journal articles occasionally. Um, specifically behavioral medicine, which is the study of why people do what they do and how to help people change their behaviors. It's something that I've always been really passionate about. And it's something that I use in my coaching. And I just find it really interesting. And I think it's a really important tool because we all need to know how our minds work and, and know how to make healthier choices and take better care of ourselves. All right. What was your, are you considered an introvert or an extrovert? Okay. So this is interesting. So I took the Myers-Briggs back in college and I got, I think 49% introverted, um, and 51% extroverted on that test. I think I'm an IENFP, which is supposed to, I don't, I don't know. So I'm like half, I'm an ambivert. I don't know if you've heard of ambiverts, but yes, you're an, an ambivert. Yes. So half introverted, half extroverted. I love people. People are my business. That's what, you know, relationships. I love connecting with people, but I also need that time to myself to regenerate and recharge my social battery and um yeah so i'm both all right okay if you could be remembered for one thing what would it be and why if i could be remembered for one thing i would want to be remembered for 
my ability to help people connect with other people, to learn about how to connect with other people and how to sustain those connections over time. Because everything, I know it sounds like a broken record, but everything in life really is about the relationships you have, the connections you have with people. Um, and I think that, that that is a real struggle for a lot of us neurodivergent people connecting with others and understanding how relationships work and, you know, having access to the same resources that neurotypical people because neurotypical people have, because they might be a little bit more skilled at neurotypical relationships. All right. Tell me about where you are now in life. Where I am now in life. Well, I am um, I'm a toddler mom and a wife. And I'm a coach. Um, I help people with relationships, specifically neurodivergent people with relationships. Uh, it's a passion of mine. And <clears throat> I just really love helping people. And I think that's something I've always done and something I'll always do. All right. Now we get to the part of the show. It's a little different from the rest, but I also want to remind everyone to please like and share this episode and leave a comment. So now, Michelle, what is your favorite word? This is so funny. Um, what's coming to me is cellar door. But that's because of um, a movie that I once watched. <laughs> um, what's my favorite word I don't know if I really have a favorite word I think it it changes um, right now we'll probably be loquacious okay what is your least favorite word <laughs> Um, probably slimy. Okay. What turned you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, I think I'm inspired to create again when I spend time outdoors and also when I spend time connecting with other people. And helping others to really connect with themselves. And to the for, for the first time for some people, or for the first time in a long time for other people, really get in touch with their likes and dislikes and start to discover who they are without the mask that they've created. All right. What turns you off? Um, negativity. I don't like it when people are overly negative or pessimistic. Um, 
and I don't like it when people are mean or careless or when someone sees someone else struggling and they don't try to help. All right. What is your favorite cuss word? My favorite cuss word? <laughs> uh, I think it's the four-letter one. Yeah. yeah. I think fuck is the one that, that I go to all the time. That would okay. probably be my, my go-to. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Um, sound that I love. I, mean, I can think of a hundred that I don't like. Um, I love the way it sounds when a cat purrs. Okay. What sound or noise do you hate? <sighs> the refrigerator. <laughs> the sound of favorite? the refrigerator plugged into the wall. It makes a sound, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I mean, people, what she's referring to people is those of us who are on the spectrum, We some of us have what's called hypersensitivity. And for Michelle, it's, she's got, like me, a hypersensitive to hearing where, I mean, I can hear certain things that just drive us nuts. That's why you see a lot of us with headphones. Because there are those who are super, super sensitive to sound. And that's what she's referring to. The refrigerator makes the humming noise. And it's probably very loud to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Refrigerator, right. power lines, traffic. <laughs> There's a, um, like a, a blower, an outdoor blower that's electric. Worst sound ever. All right. What is your favorite color? Pink and purple, but what pink. It, uh, well, mine too, and blue. What is your least favorite color? Um, that I don't know what it's called, but that really light brown color. Okay. With a yellowish brown. What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Um, is this plausible or implausible? Could be either. Okay. Um, well, implausible. I always thought that it would be fun to be a princess. Um, <laughs> plausible, I think, some sort of a political figurehead president or something like that even though i say that's plausible like highly unlikely i don't know but marianne williamson was running for some sort of political All right. position so what profession would you not like to do oh um i wouldn't want to be a truck driver all right if heaven exists what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome home. <laughs> when you arrive at heaven, who would you like to meet? Well, isn't it Peter? Um, 
let's see if I could meet any person. Um, I would like to see, I'd like to see my grandparents. All right. What books do you recommend my audience read? Oh my gosh, there are so many. I am a total bibliophile, which means a person who loves books. So I read constantly. Um, there's a few on autism. There's one called Unmasking Autism that is great. Um, I think there's one called A Guide to Stimming or a hundred stim, 101 stims. Um, so many books. I loved Your Money or Your Life. That's all about finances, which I think is an important topic for everyone and many of us struggle with. Um, well, those are the ones that are coming to mind. And finally, where can people find out more about you on the web? So I am at my website, which is michellemarkman.com. You can find me at michellemarkman.com. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, I have a, a couple of groups on Facebook. I have coaching for social anxiety and neurodiversity affirming group. Um, I also have Outdoor Mamas, which is a hiking club for inclusive moms and families. And yeah. And that's it, everybody. That was Michelle Markham. And I'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Now the problem. See you in the next one, everybody. While the sky burn, getting high off of the fumes, feeling like the bombs outside of flowers. Me and you stay watching through the glass as the moon came. Bodies holding hands, feeling truly like our lives are movies. I swear it's I love the way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Right there Staring at the sun We spent our nightmares Falling in love I know you feel this Can't tell The way we see the world Ooh, yeah. I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love the way we see the world yeah. I just don't agree I love the way we see the world I swear we saw the dream No need to be afraid Someday we'll fall asleep And what we'll call